nothing in this house. Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen, in the goddamn refrigerator, eating up all the food, all the chicken, all the pig feet, all the collard greens, all the hog maws. I want to eat some of them chitlins. I love pig feet. And now, when I went to bed last night, didn't I tell you to take out the trash? Yeah. So why didn't you do it? I fell asleep. I wish you were sleeping right now. I'll knock you upside your head with a left hook, make your ass wake up, and take out that goddamn trash. Hey, 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 hey. What are you doing? I'm throwing this away. We ain't even got no milk. You better put some water on that goddamn shit. This is the live stream for episode 177 of Gundam at MAHQ. I'm Chris Guanche. And I'm Sobo Ryu. And if you're not listening to the live stream, then this isn't live. <laughs> Looks like you messed up. But, <laughs> Tune in live next time. <laughs> but hi anyway, I guess. But yeah, thank you for listening to the uh, audio version if you guys are tuning in on that version. And um, for those that don't know, um, if you guys are looking for the audio version, it'll be posted up after this episode finishes live tonight. Uh, what episode are we on, sir? 177. Oh my god, who knew we'd get this far? <laughs> who indeed. So, let's jump right into our news. I'm going to stroll right over to the Lord memorial desk for okay. some neo's listener submitted news topics which you can of course drop in the appropriate thread at megatalk.net so let's get right to this all right first uh contributor to the shade posted a link about gunham thunderbolt manga coming stateside this fall courtesy of viz so do with that what you will Indeed. I mean, the people are hideous. The mobile suits look really cool. That's that's about all that I can say about them. Thunderbolt manga. What a review. (laughs) More to come. Yeah. Indeed. Next up, we have from contributor EA NetDude, Sunrise and Right Stuff are doing some new releases so we'll start with the non-gundam news mm-hmm. and that is they're doing a blu-ray of nadesco that's crazy man i i definitely get my hands on that yes so i'm excited for that because uh, i i don't even know where my nadesco went so 
Oh, damn. And it's the ancient DVDs, so yeah. they could use the upgrade. Did you buy them uh, separately, or you bought the, the, uh, the, uh, the re-release pack that came out years ago? I had them separately, and oh, did I, did I mm-hmm. get the re-release pack? No, I did not. I had them separately inherited from someone. Oh, man. Well, for me, it's the I got the I got the value pack that they released a couple months, I guess, after the uh, initial end of the uh, of the release of the DVDs, and uh, I still got it, man. But uh, I will gladly put that into retirement shelf for that Blu-ray. I'm I'm excited for that. Yeah. Next up is the Gundam news that we know everyone's waiting for, mm-hmm. starting with 0080 getting a DVD only re-release. Unfortunately, because there is no blu-ray release in japan yet which seems like quite the oversight that it's like been this freaking long and 0080 still isn't on blu-ray what the hell sunrise that's what i'm saying <laughs> and that, that that it's it's so gorgeously done i can't imagine why it's not on blu-ray yet that makes no sense i mean it took them until this year to do 0083 and still haven't done g until a couple of months from now and they still haven't done x so come on sunrise no worries man eight months from now they'll have the blu-ray after we bought the DVD. Let's go. <laughs> and then after that, we're getting F91, 0083, the series, and the movie on Blu-ray. And I have to have a word here with Sunrise. Sunrise. So according to Sean Kleckner of Right Stuff on the ANN forum, Sunrise was not interested in doing Blu-ray releases of the MSG movies or the Zeta movies, which is very unfortunate because I really would like to have the MSG trilogy on DVD to go along with the TV series. But somehow, they decided that the 0083 movie, one of the worst clip movies I've ever seen, (laughs) warrants a Blu-ray release. Wow. Under, like, what delusion are they laboring under that anyone would ever want to buy the 0083 movie? Because people love Nina Purpleton, man. They got to have that Nina, son. They wanted her in, in, in 1080p. They, they want her in every way possible, man. She's still the it girl. I don't know yes. what, I don't know what is it, but. <laughs> did you ever, did you ever see the movie? I don't know if this came up no. when we did the, the Gundam roundup way back many years ago. We, we talked about it and I slid past that. <laughs> I mean, let me give you a, a brief sample of what this movie does. Mm-hmm. The first four episodes are skipped and are just sort of mentioned in passing as the Albion takes off to head um, for Africa, and they quickly go to space. And then Cole goes to the moon, and he meets Kelly Lazner, befriends him, helps rebuild uh, the Walwaro, and then they part ways and never see each other again. <laughs> That's it? Yeah, it's like, see you later, man. Okay, bye. Wow. (laughs) That's a bit of a joke. And then we get a super abbreviated uh, version of the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. Um, If I remember correctly, they do not show Burning die, so he just disappears. What? What? (laughs) He's just not there anymore. Yo, they didn't even show... What? Well, you figured that would be important. You would think. (laughs) People sitting there asking if they've never watched the OVA series, they don't know. That's that's pretty dumb. That that's 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 something that's pretty inexcusable to be honest. Yeah. Oh, and back in the day the movie came out at the same time as episode thirteen, so 
or actually slightly before, so it spoiled the ending. Oh wow, that's what it continues to strike out. <laughs> it's pretty dumb. It's 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 a shit compilation movie. Yes, it's, it, it definitely sounds. It is not worthy of any release ever. I was never bothered by it not being released by Bandai Entertainment, and mm. you know I just feel especially vindictive toward it now that it's getting a release on Blu-ray and the MSG movies did not. Yeah, it, it's it's not going to sell very well given its reputation. It, it's I can only see people buying it because they don't know any better or because they're just completionists. I will not be buying it. Yeah, it just seems like a cash grab for the most part. I mean, granted, you sell things, you, you want to grab some cash, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the smart choice to make, man. I, I, don't, I don't understand that at all. Yeah. And though not in this news post, we did get the announcements now for Victory Gundam on Blu-ray and DVD and g Reco on Blu-ray only. So guess which one of those I'll be buying. <laughs> well, it's coming up in the news. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll get there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wonder which one you'll be picking up, man. I know you want that Bellry, son. I know you want that Bellry. <laughs> yep. So next up, I'm going to combine these two from Philly Gundam fan because they both relate to Funimation. Yes, indeed. So Funimation is finally getting around to releasing Code Geass on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. After all these years of waiting, I'm glad I never picked up those DVD sets. He <laughs> dodged that bullet. Yep. So there's going to be a collector's edition as well as a blu-ray dvd combo pack standard edition Mm -hmm. then on top of that they also announced the escaflone collector's edition and standard editions which include the tv series and the movie the original dub which is very bleh and the new dub that funimation kickstarted funimation yeah, Funimation. <laughs> the proper pronouncement. <laughs> pronouncement. <laughs> As we all know. Oh, boy. And credit to Philly Gundam fan for that news about g Reco and Victory Gundam. Mm. Uh, Solbro, which which one are you going to pre-order? Well, um, <laughs> uh, I I will definitely get Victory, that's for sure. My um, the, the version I had to watch for years was my brother's bootlegs on, on DVD. And to own this series on, on actual uh, local release would be awesome. So I'm looking forward to that coming out October 4th. I'll probably pre-order that. G-Reco as a completionist, if I'm going to get all the Gundams on Blu-ray, it'd probably be the last one I'd pick up. And I would probably wait until it uh, it's on sale. If it's like on sale for like five bucks, like, you know, early in its run, I'll scoop it. I'll just scoop it just to have it and just watch a few select episodes. But uh, yeah, that's that's right now the only way I'd go out of my way to get it. <laughs> uh, I'd pick up G-Reco like if I found it in a dumpster and it didn't smell too bad. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, well, I wanted to address something about G-Reco, by the way, since it's up uh, okay. now. On the, um, there was a, a comment left behind on the previous uh, live show that we did on YouTube. And shout out to the person who did that. I'm not, I'm not uh, referencing this to come down on the person, but he raised a good point. And he said, uh, he, he, basically, to paraphrase what he said, he was uh, concerned that he thought that we might be making fun of people who actually like G-Reco genuinely. And I just want to clarify, when we were talking about that last episode, we were mainly um, going in on people who first said it was ass 
And then, you know, months later down the line, once the next Gundam series started airing, start to call it the greatest thing since sliced bread. I know some people can have genuine uh, changes of thought or, you know, they'll watch the series again and see uh, the good in it. And that's fine. But it, we were just addressing the trend of people who, you know, will shit on the most latest show. And then months or years down the road, say, claim, proclaim it genius. And it's the same people well, every damn time. There is some of that, but mm. my comments were mainly towards people who, from the beginning, have been that if you do not like G. Reco, uh, you don't get it, and it's the old Ava, it's too deep for you. Yeah, exactly. and uh, Which persists and is just annoying because the you didn't get it or it's too deep for you is just insulting fanboy nonsense because it's a way to make yourself sound smart and denigrate somebody else. So if you just like G record cause you like it, that's cool. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed parts of it. And even though it was a disappointment, I'm not going to shit on anyone who liked it. But if your attitude is the people who didn't like it, didn't get it. You're saying that, that their subjective opinion of the show is irrelevant just because it doesn't match yours and they're just too dumb <laughs> to see the genius that you see, then you're an asshole and I don't like you. Yeah, I mean, they brought up, um, as a, they cited as an example, and, and, and they very, very smartly did it. They didn't say it to, to go in on you, but um, they mentioned that um, they, they cited that you at first did not like Wing. Um, or, uh, uh, they also cited you may have had some problems with Turn A Gundam initially, but you've had, you've gained an appreciation for the series since. I don't know if that's true or not about Turn A, but I know you've detailed your problems with Wing on the show before. Um, that is true, but, you know, that's many years later, and I've watched a lot more anime since then, and I can tell you right now, mm -hmm. nothing is going to make me like G Reco <laughs> my, my mind. Is you know, when I was younger and dumber and had those opinions about Wing and G and Turn A, you know, and my opinions changed, it was within a few years and being a little bit more seasoned and uh, having a fresher, more open mind mm -hmm. about it. But nothing is going to change my opinion ever about G Reco. Yeah, well, it's set in stone, babe. <laughs> it's not just set in stone. It's just, you know, I'm older now and I have more discerning taste and can recognize things that I don't like and that's it. No, no, that's absolutely absolutely well spoken. And a big big props to the person who actually posted that um that remark on uh YouTube. I'm gonna go ahead and find your name. Uh somewhere in the news I'll give you I'll give you props. But uh thank you so much for responding. And if you guys uh watch the episodes, shout out to everybody who's in the chat live right now. We see your comments on the screen. Um but props to uh the gentleman that did uh uh, put those remarks up. We that's the kind of feedback we really dig. So whether you agree with us or not, please give us feedback, man, because it, it makes the world go around. And if you can have constructive criticism for the show, it only can help to make us better. So if anything, thank you. The back and forth is what really makes uh, things uh, things move on Gundam. So thank you. Back to you, Chris. But you know, so bro, what uh, mm -hmm. this uh, these victory and G Reco Blu-rays really need? Uh oh. What's that? English dubs. Oh, boy. <laughs> One of these days, Chris, and then we'll buy them all. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I need to have English dubs so that I can not pay attention mm -hmm. to my Gundam while I'm doing my laundry, walking my dog, and paying my taxes. Exactly. <laughs> doing everything but watching the show, basically. And, uh, so how how on earth can you know I enjoy the thing that I'm not going to watch 
if I have to actually pay attention to it and listen to some <laughs> icky foreign language. The you know the original language that it was made in of all things. That's just it's just gross. Who knew? Who knew? By the way, shout out to Joseph Valencia. That's who wrote the quote. And uh, thank you very much for doing that. But uh, yeah, I, I certainly hope people don't hold that against these shows. And if you dig G Reco, please support the show by picking it up. Um, I know I will with Victory Gundam. Uh, he also, I remember uh, Valencia also cited that Victory Gundam was a show that uh, Tomino absolutely hated and hated to this day. Um, and um, yet we, we love it in spite of his hate while um, we champion him. Uh, not liking his work for G Reco <laughs> in order to some people use it to justify their hate for the show, and it's like, okay, I, I, I get your point there, but victory's still shit. Victory's still the shit, as far as I'm concerned. It's amazing. But uh, back to you, sir. All right. Next up, we have uh, from Philly Gundam fan again, mm-hmm. Daisuke to launch premium membership to offer simulcasts and older anime titles. Oh, yeah. So for a monthly cost of $5, you can stream shows like Tales of Zestiria the X, Love Live, Sunshine, Planetarian, Tsukiyuta the Animation, Regalia, the Three Sacred Stars, The Disastrous Life of Psyche K, Scared, Writers, Zex, Time Travel Girl, uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. And then you got some older stuff on there, like Seed, Destiny, um, and Round Vernian Vifum. Yes, man. It's time to get caught up with the Shuffle Brothers again. Let's go. <laughs> Which is cool. And then there's just one little tiny thing. Uh-oh. All these premium titles only available until August 31st. Yeah. What is even... What is even the damn point of that unless they plan on rotating in new content which would be nice for this article to know uh our new old shows that's just not the way streaming works people don't like Mm -hmm. being given such limited time to watch something like you know unless you dig in and want to stream everything and do nothing else like do you expect someone to watch all 40 something episodes of of vi from that fast in less than two months (laughs) What is the point? That is the why does it have session. to? Why does it have to be only two months? What is to be gained from this? What? What's the point of that? Yeah, it's a small window, man. They need to work on that because uh, people are spending that much money a month. I mean, five bu- bucks seems small, but it's a small streaming service, man. You kind of have to have a nice fleshed out library, and if you're already losing content, yeah, you know, why are people going to stick around after those shows are gone? Some of the old timers like myself want to be there. I, now, it, the other side of the argument, though, is that a lot of a lot of people who are streaming on the service want to watch the new hotness and don't give a damn about the old shows like us old timers do. But <laughs> right, but then why why time limit something so severely from the beginning? Yeah, that because then you guarantee the people only are going to pick a couple of shows to watch. So I'm saying, you know. If you haven't seen Seed and Destiny and Wing or whatever by now, mm-hmm. they're all going to be back in print pretty soon. So I would recommend that you listen to our review of Vifum. And if you want some classic 80s mecha show with uh, fantastic 80s opening sequence and 80s rock, Check out Vifum. That's right, yo. Shout out to Tyler Bramble who says, I love the intro and the song. And but clearly before August 31st. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> you ain't got much time, man. Time to cram it. Get, get, get on it right now. 
of course, you know, make sure you listen to Gundam as well. So absolutely, don't don't bother eating some days if you don't need to. <laughs> as long as you listen to us. Oh man, yo! Shout out to Robert, aka Arbiter Gundam. He's in the chat as Game Room Live. He says, "I think I'm about two thirds of the way through Viper." Well, you need to step it up, bro. You ain't got much time. <laughs> Next up, we have Philly Gundam fan again mm-hmm. with a link to the trailer for the TV special Gundam Build Fighters Try Island Wars. Oh my god, yo, I can't wait, yo, my my favorite trio is back, yo, and they're they're gonna they're gonna be getting into some island shenanigans, man, and we're gonna get maybe uh, uh some some fan service. Uh, the, actually, the show I don't want to see no fan service. I'll be honest. <laughs> I mean, I could wait because. You know, mm-hmm. try try was a very mixed bag and in yeah. many ways a disappointment mm-hmm. and the severe lack of anyone from the first season mm-hmm. was kind of a drag on that and you know i just was not left with a feeling at the end of try of oh man i can't wait to see them start this all over again on the world level oh yeah so I don't know if Island Wars is going to be the last hurrah for this or if it's just sort of an intermediate step to a second season. It could be the great, the saving grace of the series. We could get a bunch of cameos. They could finally, they, we're, we know we're getting Niels Nielsen. We saw him in the trailer. Um, uh, who else? Uh, all the uh, all the main characters are coming back. Um, I don't recall seeing uh, Rambo, uh, Mr. Roll in the trailer. Was he in there? I don't remember. I only saw it once. Yeah, I saw it once myself. Uh, but it, it it hopefully will be exciting and fun to watch. I'm, I don't know what the length of it's going to be, if it's going to be an hour or if it's going to be just 30 minutes. But uh, um, I, I know they're doing this to sell more models. So <laughs> new kits coming, guys. New kits coming. I mean, they'll be cool mecha to look at, so mm-hmm. that's fun. But I'm not feeling very hyped going into it. Well, let's. Uh, well, it it has to amaze us then. So uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to at least uh, the potential of it, and uh, can't. I, but it's right around the corner, August 21st. That's pretty. The good. the the meat bun chronicles ain't what they used to be. Damn. Maybe we'll actually get say, guys. Maybe we will. Yo, shout out to the Phantom Killer. He writes say. Yes, indeed, man. But where's Reiji on his colony, never to return? I'm sorry, yep. Robert. We're never seeing him again. He's chilling. The Meat Bun Chronicles is a wrap. <laughs> Next up, we have yet again Philly Gundam fan Woo-hoo! with a link to the trailer for Iron Blooded Orphans season two premiering in October with mm-hmm. new cool outfits, new mecha, mm-hmm. the upgraded gun. Gundam Barbatos Lupus, oh, yeah. which, you know, is the other upgrade Gundam Gusian Diabetes. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. That's kind of weird. So tune in for more Orphans and mm-hmm. thank the maker. Absolutely zero. Kurank <laughs> Yo, crank me light. <laughs> I can. I'm gonna confidently predict absolutely zero chance of crank me. What if they dig up his body? <laughs> we might get one more That's go just, around. Just to be a bunch of jello. The <laughs> Lord knows what the Mars, the Mars terra firma does to bodies. <laughs> oh man! Yo, shout out to Mosquito Valentine. I see you. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I, I I like the fact that they're a little bit older. I, not as old as I would like them to be, but uh, that's cool. Um, as long as the story progresses, I, I do like the new look for uh, Orga though. Orga looks smooth as hell, man. Yo, he got that business suit. Yo, he's running things, fellas. He looks like a freaking music producer. Oh my god, either that or or, or, or like or he's ready. For, he's ready for the Sopranos, maybe looking like Christopher. <laughs> oh, Christopher. <laughs> I wonder if what I forget the name of the blonde lady. I wonder if that's gonna be his dame. <laughs> Mary Bit. Mary Bit. She's still there. We saw her in the trailer, so that's cool. Like we get we get caught up with basically everybody who was in the group uh for a few minutes. Uh Ride Mass, he's he's piloting one of the new uh mechas they have. Um I, I what do you realize uh do you remember what model that was that they're piloting now? Do you know uh what that's called or is it too soon to know? Line art's what I know. Well, I'm sorry. I thought I thought people would be Harry handing you the line art like day one. <laughs> no, nobody does it anymore. It's because oh. they're all about the Gundam Wiki now. So Boo! MHQ's just a sad old relic. Well, we need to start a war then. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we have the further news that there's going to be streaming. Not that anyone should be surprised by that. I'm sure it'll be all the same. Uh, at least for the West, streaming outlets that it was for the first season. Yeah. We, but uh, yeah, it, it's it, it, if anything, uh, if we don't uh, get to catch it on stream, we'll catch it on uh, Cartoon Network eventually. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll be covering the show just like we did before um, when it starts to air on October the second, guys. So be on the lookout for those. Uh, look, be on the lookout for those reviews. And uh, you guys will get to take part in those reviews too with the chat and everything. So thank, thanks for coming out and watching these live shows. And that is it for the Philly Gundam fan news. All right. Is I it, mean, Neo's news. Hey, man, he's the new Vent Noir. Vent, Vent Noir. Let me, let me fix my face. <laughs> but, uh, yo, shout out to everybody who submitted. Thank you guys for submitting the news. I hope you guys liked the presentation, the new presentation, if you're watching the live stream. If you listen to the audio, uh, there's been, uh, we, I, I hope to make some graphics for the news now. So, uh, if anything, if you guys like that, let me know. If you think it sucks, let me know. And, yeah, uh, if you don't like it, too bad. Well, well, because because we, we only we only gonna get more. <laughs> but uh, real quick, you guys, uh, just want to um, let you guys know if you've never been there before, make sure to check out uh, the, the 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 site that makes it all happen. Mahq.net, the Mecha and Anime headquarters. If you've never been there before, pay it a visit and uh, make sure to check out the reviews uh, for uh, what Chris and the other staff members of Mahq produce for Mecha Anime there. Um, also, you can sign up at mechatalk.net. That's the mecha, uh, that's the official forums for mhq.net. And if you go there, you can join the conversation, especially on the Gundam forums where we post the episodes as well. And make sure to check out these other sites, the Chaos Theater uh, podcast, uh, all the different, uh, Twitter, uh, uh, Twitter pages for us as well, and gundam.net where you can find when these episodes are posted. And, uh, thanks for checking that out. But, um, Chris, anything uh, you wanted to mention before we jump into uh, our, our main stu- uh, subject tonight? No. Oh, well, daggone. Then uh, let's do it, man. We're going to get into Macross Delta, man. And uh, hope you guys have uh, checked the show out. We will be getting into spoilers. If you uh, have or haven't seen the show, we're going to be covering episodes 1 through 13 of Macross Delta. I just want to call it Macross Frontier. <laughs> <laughs> Flashback to 2008. When we used to review every damn episode of the show. Those days are done, y'all. Those days are effing done. (laughs) 
Yep. <laughs> We're just going to jump right into the conversation. Uh, just to give you a little backstory from Macross Delta. The show just recently began. It's uh, being shepherded by uh, Shoji Kawamori, our favorite eccentric producer of anime, uh, mecha anime, and music, uh, music, musically inspired anime as well, as you guys have probably seen with his, uh, what's that, the AK-48 anime series he did uh, recently? AKB-48. AK, not, oh. Not AK-48. Yo, AK-47, y'all. Let's go. Yo, these girls That'd be are- a totally different uh, <laughs> idol singer group anime. It'll shoot everybody in the room. <laughs> Easy to clean. But, uh, uh, yeah, uh, a- 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 AKB-48. Um, and uh, he's uh, also produced a legendary uh, um, back backlog of anime. One of my favorite series from him, of course, is the... Le- is the uh, Earth Made in Arjuna? No, no, sir. <laughs> The vision of Escaflone, but Mac Cross Zero. Yes, Mac Cross Zero. Oh boy, everybody's favorite, everybody's favorite series. Um, but no, uh, uh, Escaflone is one of my favorite series from him. Not so much the movie, but the anime. We reviewed that on Gundam in the past, so you guys can check that out at any time on our backlog. But um, of course, my favorite series of his is Super Dimensional Fortress Macross, which aired in 1982, I believe. And this is uh, this new iteration is just one of many different Macross series that have uh, debuted over the years with a new generation and featuring characters, some original, some reminiscent of characters past. And we're going to get into some of the characters, starting off with the lead, uh, Hayate Immelman. Man, the uh, the dancer himself, man. Uh, Chris, I, I'm, I'll ask you, what are your initial impressions of Hayate and his role in the series, man? Well, I dug him pretty much from the beginning. He makes a lot better first impression than Alto did mm-hmm. in Frontier, since Alto is so cranky and caught up with all of his drama and just being so miserable all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was a uh, breath of fresh air. Absolutely. And just in general, the very different tone of Hayate makes him stand out because Basra was a jerk. Uh, Hikaru could be a jerk. <laughs> and Hayate, like, he's just kind of a kind of a chill, laid-back guy who's looking for his place and has some shades of... Isamu Dyson in him, but mm-hmm. not quite as dickish. Yeah, yeah, that's that's who he reminded me of the most. Matter of fact, his dynamic with uh, Mirage reminds me of the dynamic between uh, Isamu and uh, and what's his name, Gort, uh, Gold, Gold. That's it. A lot less murderous, though. A lot less murderous, and uh, and and but <laughs> uh, just as platonic at the moment, I guess, with the potential of going further, which uh, I wouldn't be uh, crazy about seeing uh, <laughs> some slash fiction between Gold and uh, and Isamu, but I'm sure it's out there. But uh, as for uh, his uh, connection with uh, Mirage, I-, I do like their back and forth. Um, my impressions of Hayate, though, I, I actually dig him as a lead, too. Um, I think that sometimes he can be uh, a bit too caught up in his own um, his, his, his own desires, as, as when he shirked off his responsibilities of actually training with Mirage um, and went swimming instead. That was a pretty funny scene. But, uh, <laughs> he, but he, important. He, yes, he did, because he learned techniques from that damn Mercat that I wish would, they would just shoot on sight. But, you know, if that's going to be his Yoda, I'll accept it. I will. <laughs> but, uh, 
But yeah, he uh, he uh, that was a pretty cool episode when they were doing the uh, the test flights and the paintball battles, and then uh, all of a sudden, our, my boy Messer shows up and just drills them both. <laughs> yep, <laughs> fantastic stuff. But um, how, so uh, you think he stacks up well as a pro uh, as a, prota- a protagonist? So far, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he's likable, but definitely not generic, and you know. Arrogant, but not too arrogant. You know, he can admit when he's wrong. He can learn from his mistakes. So, pretty well-rounded character at this point, halfway in. Yeah, uh, I've I've got to say I've enjoyed him so far. He's definitely not gotten on my nerves like like uh, a certain leads whose lead whose name starts with A, but <laughs> he'll his name will go unsaid. But um, his exploits have been pretty uh pretty fun too. Like uh, when he first got into a Valkyrie and uh, went and saved Freya. Uh, much very akin to the uh, first episode or the first couple episodes of Macross, where the same thing happened with Hyatt, uh, Hyatt, sorry, uh, Hikaru and Minmay. Um, it was I was I was waiting to see that that Valkyrie arm get blown off. I was yeah. like, oh, they they, they didn't. <laughs> Surprisingly, and Freya was having a blast. Like Minmay peed herself, but Freya she was she was having fun. It was like, wow, this girl is this girl's up for anything. All right, <laughs> oh, she's she's insane. Yeah, she's she's pretty nuts. <laughs> um but yeah uh, i that um was a pretty dope scene and then riding the wind um that scene i i still that still bothers me it's like brother what are you doing <laughs> it's riding the wind man apparently like his body weighs like nothing apparently or he has he has he has magneto powers <laughs> he can levitate and make his body weightless good stuff dude good stuff are you, are you questioning stuff in a universe where music is energy and airplanes transform into robots and ships transform into robots and punch things. Well, let me fix my face. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, um, he, he, if anything, that was, that was quite the, uh, the audition for him to get into the, get into uh, chaos and uh, managed to pull it off with flying colors. But uh, he, he inherit he, um, he shows a lot of potential, and I'm excited to see where he's going to go, uh, especially since he inherited Messer's Val- Valkyrie uh, in the later episodes of this run. Um, I-, I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought that Mirage would get it, but uh, I guess that makes sense. He uh, Messer was kind of like the uh, Roy Folker for the group, the the uh, senpai character, um, but I didn't think he would get his uh, his thing. Did you see that coming at all? I did not, and uh, I was surprised when... His Siegfried got Kakazaki'd minus the steak. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Speaking of Kakazaki, I thought uh, I thought my boy Chuck was going to get Kakazaki'd for a second. <laughs> Especially since he has a restaurant, so it would be fitting. Yeah, yeah it would. But it, mm-hmm. instead, sadly, it was his sister. Oh, man, I had, and that upset me, too, because she had just lost her boy. Um, she was on the end of that, uh, that unrequited love, love triangle. And, uh, then uh, apparently she, she served her purpose cause they couldn't wait to offer. That, <laughs> that, that really sucked. Uh, she was really cool, but, um, yeah, at least uh, Chuck didn't have an unfinished steak, uh, to not get back to. So thank God. <laughs> but, um, what about that love triangle with, uh, Freya and Mirage, man? Um, what do you think of it so far? Is it going to be? It, are they going to both be his wings? <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not really feeling the love triangle, and you know, we don't have to have it all mm-hmm. the time because oh, yeah. sometimes it's done kind of half-assed. And in an interview, Kawamori said that he 
didn't want to do it, but the sponsors are pushing him to because that's just part of Macross. But, mm-hmm. you know, more often than not, it's it's really not even a part of Macross because you look at Zero and Shin wouldn't have any of that with some lolly. Yeah. So her having the hots for him is kind of like whatever because he didn't feel anything for her. Mm-hmm. And Sarah was just unlikable almost the entire time until suddenly he was madly in love with her. Right. You look at Seven and Basara wasn't having it either with some lolly. Mm-hmm. So even though Mylene was indecisive between him and Gamlin, you know, it, that was not reciprocal. You know, he could not care less about her in any romantic kind of way. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's still been, it's still been exhibited in a lot of other Macross series and they seem to be setting him up for one, but it, it may end up being platonic on the end. I, I still see him more with uh, Mirage than anybody else between the two characters. I'll be honest. They're they're mostly a distraction, though. And yeah. you look at some of them, like in Macross Two, you have uh, Hibiki, who clearly picked the wrong girl. Yeah, <laughs> he certainly did. He messed up there. And and plus, you have well, you know, I, I don't know about love triangle with rapists. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's with, true. That. Uh, with Roy issues. <laughs> <laughs> You look at it more often than not. I'm mm-hmm. saying that basically after the original series, love triangles have really not worked out well in Macross. Let's not forget Mr. Wishy Washy, who could not just pick one damn girl except for the movie, in which case uh, that ended immediately horribly for him. Man, <laughs> it sure did. Uh, Tyler says Sevens is the worst, and Mosquito Valentine says Basara is a guitar sexual. <laughs> True. And oh uh, Yasir says, I thought Macross 2's love triangle was Dennis choosing between Jim Beam and Jack Daniels. Amen, Yazi. Amen. That's the only love triangle we should get. <laughs> Fantastic. Yo, they need to find a way to. Earth has the best alcohol. He had to have. He had, had to have some illegitimate children somewhere, man. I want to see Dennis Lone Jr. show up in one of these shows. Please, please, uh, Kawamori, please make it happen. <laughs> Kawamori ain't gonna make it happen because it's Macross too. Oh so. my gosh! Oh, that's right. And we keep hear. I, I keep hearing things like Macross Two is canon and it's not canon and it's canon and it's not canon. It's like it's no, it's, 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 it's it's not canon. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, uh, Freya. Since we talked about her earlier, um, what are your thoughts on Freya so far? Well, she's very uh, goofy and lively and. Uh, a lot more self-assured than Ranka was, mm-hmm. which was kind of a little bit to the point of annoyance in Frontier. Yeah. So, you know, she's just very goofy. She uh, talks weird. She has a weird, creepy laugh. <laughs> that villainous laugh. Yeah. She's just a goof and, and enjoyable. But I'm not really feeling love triangle. Like, yeah, they've shown some stuff here and there, like her having a reaction when Mirage and Hayati are close. But I would just rather not have any of it. Yeah, it, it kind of seems shallow at the moment. Like, this, you don't really feel the heartstrings being pulled like you would in a in a other another macro series, like the original trilogy, or uh, or even um, or, or even uh, actually the original trilogy. Sorry, the original series, as opposed to any other ones. But. I much prefer the sort of like sibling relationship that Hayate and Freya have where they're constantly like shitting on each other. 
Mm-hmm. And I would just love to see it stay that way platonically rather than her being all heartbroken and sad. Oh, Jesus. The time has made your heart hard. <laughs> Sometimes a cake is just a cake. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Um, I, I dig Freya quite a bit. I, um, I, I love her reactions to things. Like someone... Um, I believe it was Amaro uh, NT1 when I was doing uh, commentary for the episodes. Uh, he posted a picture on Twitter of all her reactions <laughs> throughout the series so far. Someone had made like a, mar- a collage of them. And I was like, wow, she is, she's a bit of a cartoon character. But at the same time, she brings a lot of life into the series. And um, she's, she's not mopey. Um, I, I believe, and, and you kind of get an insight as to why that is since uh, you find out that she has uh, her race has a very short lifespan of what 30 years 30 years and she at 14 is basically uh, already like middle age yeah she's already uh reached a she's she's going to be going through midlife crisis soon and um she wants to get out there and do things before she's gone she knows that her time is short and she had a dream and she achieved it which is pretty and, and very quickly too which is pretty amazing um, you know, a dream that has like a, a, a billion percent chance of happening, of course, happens because she has this innate uh, ability inside her and also is a good singer. Um, you know, she just she steals the show from the beginning of the series when she's trying to cast away in the cargo that uh, that Hayate is working on uh, loading up at the docks. Those and delicious uh, diseased apples. Those diseased apples, yo. The delicious. <laughs> yo, those Windermerian, Windermerian reds. <laughs> it's fartastic. Yo. <laughs> Screw you, Granny Smith. <laughs> yeah, yo, Yazi says 14 is too old. <laughs> so says Petal Bear. But, I uh, know that Petal Bear was in the chat. Yo, Petal Bear's in the building. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um yeah uh when it when it comes to her character I, I dig the fact that she knows that life is uh not gonna wait for her to uh to to get where she's at so she she managed to uh impress people at that audition which i thought was a really cool scene i didn't i thought that was a legitimate thing happening though because once that guy started to uh roid out with the var disease it's like okay this is convenient but um maybe there'll be someone will be here watching at the time that she manages to uh to load this guy back into uh normalcy and uh, it turned out it was just all a ruse to begin with. And uh, they had to catch it popping. <laughs> that moment where that guy tears that girl's uh, heart out or something. You see that blood come up, but it's all fake. That was, that was uh, pretty nifty. But um, she managed to pull it off. And uh, she's, she's impressed me ever since uh, the series uh, has started for me. Um, uh, here's a question for you, man. Uh, how long do you think it's going to take before Neo hates her guts? <laughs> um... Think there's a good chance he might not because she mm-hmm. is so different from Ranka. Yeah, and she's just so spunky and lively. I look forward to asking him. Um, but yeah, she's she's a whole lot different than Ranka, even though she seems she's she's a type of character that um that you would make a comparison uh, to Ranka because she's like small and cute and uh, spunky. Uh, Ranka was, I guess, a bit more mellow, if anything, and she was also the alien girl in the tri- in the trio too. So. Um, it's, it's interesting to see how different she is. And I, I, I've, I've really enjoyed her character so far, man. I think she's really cool. But, um, going into the third part of the trio, uh, the, the trio is Mirage Farina Genius at uh, Genus. And, uh, we, we should know that last name because she is the granddaughter of Max and Milia from, uh, the original series. And, uh, she, uh, she, she's a little, uh, 
Well, at first, at the start of the series, she starts off a little bit too wound up, I would say. Um, and uh, makes impressions by punching the hell out of Hayate. <laughs> well, you know, mm-hmm. I can kind of see where she's coming from because I can imagine her whole life, or at least from the moment she decided to become a pilot, mm-hmm. she's had the overwhelming shadow of her grandparents looming over her yeah. and constant comparisons and the fact that she, up to now, her skills don't match up to theirs, I'm sure weighs very heavily upon her and is a source of, uh, you know, personal shame. Yeah, and maybe Failure. she's afraid that she won't match up to the... The history, the historical legend of her, uh, of her grandparents, and how uh, how revered they are, and it's a lot to live up to. I absolutely, honestly agree with that. And you can I see mean, her grandparents are literally historical figures. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Berserker Eight says Mirage's Bay, Mirage's life, and on Twitter, Yazi says here. Uh, let's see. He says, I'd like to know what kind of man, uh, got Maximilius consent to marry into the genius family aside from gambling. Oh, wow. Yo, gambling. That's right. <laughs> I, I don't know who, who could be her father, but, uh, I don't think it's gambling, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, she's, she's a interesting character. I love the fact that she heard the, the ice that, um, she was coded in at the beginning of the series is starting to thaw and um she is building that relationship with hayate and they have completely different styles while she's by the book as uh messer pointed out uh my my, my boy uh hayate is the is the uh is the hot-footed uh cat on the dance floor with his uh with his immamin shuffle <laughs> yes he says i think mirage is sad she'll never have the same kind of knife fight her grandparents had amen <laughs> well you know not everybody can have a knife fight that produces gigantic star-shaped sparks. That's right, man. No one, no one could. No that one kind could of be magic only happens one time. Exactly. <laughs> you can't have that badassness. That's how you have a date, y'all. <laughs> but yeah, she's she's uh, interesting, man. She um, does seem a little parallel to uh, maybe some of the other female leads of Macross, like Misa, um, Misa Hayate. Um, at least to me, how she starts off a little a little distant. And well, it's, it's it's the formula of the Sundere Ice Queen. Yeah, that's true. I guess that that goes back even further back than Macross does. But yeah, she she's she is a bit Sundere, and um, she's starting to warm up though, man. And um, I, I like her development so far. I, I I think a lot better of her than I did at the beginning of the series. So uh, it's cool to see a little bit of a legacy character in the series too, with uh, her connection to her, her grandfather and and mother. And um, I, I I can't wait to see exactly how she's going to differentiate from them. But uh, we'll move on. Let's see. To Messer Elfield. I can't even say his name. The Drill Sergeant, man. Um, one of the characters I liked immediately. This guy was the best. And uh, the fact that he gave them shit every day was awesome. But um, the, he also was the best pilot in the bunch. And um, I was really shocked at his sudden death. Like, you could see it coming, but I never saw a death in Macross this early on in the show. At least I don't recall. Um you recall in the Macross series where we got a death uh, of a of a senpai this quick? Uh, no. Yeah. No, it was all mooks. All <laughs> exactly. And the fact that he was afflicted by the VAR. Um, and that came out of nowhere, too. Like, I, I guess it was established somehow, somewhat in the series. But for, for him to, after he got shot on um, on the cat, cat people planet <laughs> and it started to come out, um, 
I, I was I started to get sad because it's like if he's afflicted by this, he's probably gonna go. And sure enough, a few episodes later, he went out in the most dramatic way. That that one a million a million and one shot that Keith pulled off that when he tricked him into shooting his uh actually not a million and one because he did it again. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh my god. In episode fifteen, he yeah. did the exact same shot again. Oh my god. On some on some nun's mook. Oh my god. Yo, this guy's... While blowing up an entire fleet. We might be the Michael Jordan of pilots. <laughs> Jesus. But it's just that whole thing about Messer having VAR and everybody knowing about it. Yeah. And being okay with him flying mm-hmm. makes no sense whatsoever. That just, I don't understand that. It seems like a huge security risk. It's a huge security <laughs> risk and liability to have your ace pilot, who's known as the Grim Reaper, be someone who could be inflicted by VAR at any time, and someone who is so infected by it that he keeps falling to it multiple times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, granted, he hadn't he hadn't really um, shown any symptoms of it, and he said it hadn't hadn't uh, hindered him for years, I guess. But um, you know, once it started to, it's like he should not be touching any Valkyries. <laughs> he shouldn't even be within fifty feet of one. I'm sorry, just just ground his ass. He, he take his palace license. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> until a cure can be found it's like that's uh that's that's not a smart deal but yet they kept letting him fly so whatever <laughs> but he died and his love went unrequited he sure did man um which is sad because uh what's her name konami yeah yeah she um she's real she's uh, probably the coolest uh member of valkyrie is it valkyrie or valkyrie by the way well, it's, it's the German word Valkyrie, which is of course Valkyrie, of course. Yes, but, but yeah, um, she's the coolest member, and the fact that he had the love Jones for her because of a uh, because of a, a very significant moment in his life and how she saved his life incidentally, I thought was a a, a pretty cool plot point. But uh, too bad it didn't go anywhere, and neither did uh, Marianne's love for him. So <laughs> the train exactly. keeps a rolling, <laughs> although. As for as much of a jerk as the guy was, mm-hmm. it was kind of an interesting moment when they were reading over his logs and see just the amount of detail with which he analyzed the way that everyone flew. Mm-hmm. And he just, you know, he, he did want them to get better, but he went the really hard route of doing it and not being endearing. And then this, this other point of he didn't want to develop close attachments to people because... Of the potential of them having to kill him. Yeah. Which would have been nice if there was some hint, more hint that he had a secret, because there was occasional mention, like Arid would ask him about his health. Yeah. But just in passing, not enough that you could actually decipher what was happening until they were on Cat Planet and he actually had the outbreak. Exactly. Um, looks like uh, I saw that Berserker said. Uh, he, uh, of course, uh, was going to be uh, he's going to resign himself to being a uh, a trainer. But of course, he came back against orders in order to to fight in that last battle that he was in. But um, yeah, even before that, he shouldn't have been piloting. Uh, if he was going to be a trainer, he should have stayed a trainer on the ground. <laughs> but um, he was a dope ass pilot. Don't get me wrong; I actually enjoyed yes. his character quite a bit. And uh, Arid, I guess, made the made the call that is like, okay, he can handle his business. He's been able to fight it down before, and it hasn't been happening. So we could definitely use his his talents in this group. And since uh, we're working with Walker Day, um, they could help to keep it at bay since he'll be within the range of their song. 
but it just got too much for him and uh it was he was headed for tragedy man no pineapple salad though i was sad about that Maybe, maybe before he left, he had a pineapple parfait. Yeah, maybe he did. Maybe he had a little pineapple, uh, pineapple yogurt or something. But uh, pineapple gum, chewing it up as he as he bit the dust. But shout out to Messer, man. His uh, funeral too was a very touching scene. I I like the fact that it tied into the uh, culture of Ragna and uh, and Chuck's Chuck's people. They sent him off in fine fashion. So thumbs up for that culture. Culture. You think you got the best culture, Ragnar? Bullshit. <laughs> oh. Think your Murkats are awesome? Oh. <laughs> Not when they're stealing your fish off your plate, man. Those guys suck. <laughs> Don't steal nobody's food. That's wrong. But uh, we'll move on. Um, anything that stands out in your mind you wanted to talk about the series, like off the top? Well, definitely the fact that this show has had the most in-depth exploration of the protoculture in the entire franchise. Yeah, um, I guess we find out that because we have the advantage of it taking place on planets that have been colonized, that you see these protoculture ruins that are on each planet that they're taking advantage, that the um, Windermere Empire is taking advantage of. And um, the fact that it just gets into the fact that... Um, that there's protoculture seeds in all, all cultures and all... all, all societies i guess across the galaxy well the fact that we even have so many societies is a surprise because mm-hmm. in the entire history up to now the only protoculture derived races that we've seen are humans the zentradi and the zolans that's right and then delta comes along and doubles that number yeah turns with the windermirans and the ragnans and the cat people it's practically star trek now <laughs> yeah where are the Vulcans at? <laughs> oh, man. Yazi says Messer actually had pineapple fish stew cooked by Chuck. Oh, Chuck, damn you, Chuck. You killed him. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're learning more about the protoculture and seeing that they left a lot more relics behind than we thought. Because we've seen protoculture ruins before. And, you know, do you remember Love? There was the whole city. Uh, there was the ruins in Macross 7. Yeah that Gamlin and Mylene and Basara stumbled across. Um, you know, we've seen other relics like the bird human in Macross Zero and some of the stuff in Frontier, but, you know, the some of the mystery being revealed and then finding out, hey, they actually left some battleships still sitting around, which is, you know, bad news bears. Yeah, <laughs> very much. For, for UN Spacey. Oh, yeah. Um, Windermirans are all jerks. Holy yeah, shit. pretty much. I mean, we we haven't found out what their total motivation is yet, but uh, I'm sure we'll get that story. But even so, it doesn't excuse their actions at all. They all sound like jerks, and uh, jerkiest among them all is this dude Bogue. Oh yes, Bogue is the worst. Who just has Gundam loser villain written all over him, mm-hmm. and especially with his uh, angry shoving his face into the camera. Oh. <laughs> they keep reusing and actually made its way into the the new opening sequence did it really yes it did oh my god <laughs> i haven't seen past 13 but i've been looking forward to the new song so i can't i can't wait to see that he's like every bad gundam loser villain but in particular just like with his 
sort of like air of aristocracy. He particularly reminds me of Angelo from Unicorn. Yeah, the part that annoyed me the most with him, though, is when he was trying to kill my man, uh, my man Heinemann or Herman, uh, who I like to call Space Ralph Garman, because that dude looks like Ralph Garman, I swear to God. <laughs> Maybe it's just me, but when I look when I look at that dude, it's like, yo, did they did are these guys fans of Hollywood Babylon? <laughs> but when he was trying to take them on with the sword, when he came down from the ceiling, it's like you asshole. It's like just because they're old, you want to take them out, you piece of shit. <laughs> I, I I think you totally misinterpreted that scene. Oh, uh, he was he was he was mainly doing it to, to keep on their toes. He wasn't trying to kill them, but you know, it's just he was just. Trying to fight his mentor. Yeah, for the most part. But it's like, dude, I was like, do they have to be on? Does it? Do they have to be turned up to eleven when they're around you all the time? This guy's is he's a bit of a psychopath, <laughs> to say the least. And why, and why do all these guys have to cosplay like they're an Escaflone? Yo, no doubt. Yeah, if, if they they got their leftover designs for Escaflone for this for this kingdom, apparently. It's like I keep expecting them to, to get into Guy Malefs and not Valkyries. Yeah, the swords look like Escaflone swords too. The way the swords were designed in that show. <laughs> they look just like him man but yeah bogue he sucks uh <laughs> what about uh not belry man that one episode where that one <laughs> 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 that guy got aced <laughs> well he's dead so no one cares about him yo but yo shout out to not belry <laughs> For those who missed it in one of the earlier episodes, this one character who's in one of the Windermerian pilots, uh, he uh, he's trying to escape his Valkyrie and eject, and he gets caught up in the explosion. <laughs> and then my man uh, Hayate is sitting there um, sad about the fact that he uh, he helped to take a life. And it's like, this is one of the lessons you got to learn, man. Don't worry, it was just not Bellary, man. You're good. <laughs> yeah. You might say he passed the wind. He did. He did. <laughs> he, didn't, he couldn't ride the wind in time. Nope. <laughs> By the way, wind, 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 everything, wind. Yes, Windermere. Also the wind. Also the wind. Yo, since we're on the t- the topic of the Windermerians, there's the, at least one Windermerian that's not an asshole, and that's the uh, the condiment prince Heinz, man. <laughs> Leader of the uh, the Windermerian kingdom, the the heir, um, the the heir to the Windermerian kingdom. He's uh, being used, kind of like the girl in Macross too. Yeah, but he knows that like his what his song is being used for. Oh, so yeah. he is a jerk. Oh man. I mean, what choice does he have? He's got his his asshole brother Keith. Is that that's his brother, right? Yeah, he yeah. he could not sing. No. <laughs> I don't know. Like what what are you, he's the prince. What are they going to do to him? What do you, what do you think Keith's going to do? Say, "Okay, you don't have to sing, buddy. It's all right. You don't have to do that." Keith's going to he's going to crack the whip. He's gonna he's gonna whip that ass. He's the White Knight, man. He can yeah, shoot. But he's not. A, he's not. He's not royal. He's and not. since you haven't seen mm-hmm. up to fifteen yet, you don't actually know what his deal is, which they oh. explained finally. Well, I will learn. I will learn soon. That's that's wild. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, Heinz, long story short, he's a jerk. He's a dick. Yo, so little Heinz is a jerk too. I'm sad. Yeah. Man. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Well, if anything, I uh, mean, how how many people are dead directly because of all his singing and the VAR outbreaks and yeah. suicide attacks and people getting blown up, nuns, pilots, everything? Like, how many people are dead as a direct result of what Heinz is knowingly doing? I can't argue with that logic, man. I can't do it. If he was if he was being kept in the dark, mm-hmm. 
didn't know what his singing was causing, that'd be one thing, but he knows. Yo, Jason says, Windermarians will give uh, birth to the Marduk. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Say it ain't so. And uh, Yazzie says on Twitter, he says, uh, Heinz is trying to get on the top chart, the top song chart list to truly become the condiment king. Yo, Yazzie, you too much. <laughs> the, Heinz, the Heinz condiment kingdom will always rule. He'll, 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 he'll come around. We'll see his good side. I'm, I'm lying. But, uh, yeah, um, the Windermarians, they, they do seem to be kind of, uh, as, as how they're faring as antagonists, they don't seem to be, um, at least, I guess it's good to have an antagonist that actually has dialogue, as opposed to having an antagonist that's kind of a mindless race of aliens that you have, that you have to see as, like, this big threat, so, uh, I do appreciate them for being, uh, sentient, at least. <laughs> also, why is, uh, Ali Al Sausage randomly their tech consultant, the protoculture consultant. Oh, yeah, the dude came out of nowhere, right? <laughs> He's from Space Arabia. What's his name? His name is uh, Burgerstone? Uh, I'm just going to stick with Ali Al Sausage Ali- because it's, it's the same <laughs> guy. Is it is it the same voice actor, too? Yes, it's absolutely him. Oh, my God. I had no idea. What? It's like how uh, old Ernest Johnson is the wild bear. Yes, yes. Speaking of Ernest, let's talk about that man for a second. He is easily my favorite character in this series. I will not, I'm not afraid to say it. Why are Macross captains so dope? Why, why are they all dope? I can't think of a bad one that's been in a, like a, a extended series. We got Max, who is captain. We got, uh, global, global. Um, we've got, uh, of course, uh, Johnson and we got my man Jeffrey from Macross Frontier. All of them been pimps. All of them. And my man, uh, Ernest is amazing. Now I know he's not a soul bros man. But he's freaking fantastic, son. (laughs) And he's voiced by the man, the wild bear, uh, Joseph Joestar, uh, Jet Black, you know, Unsho Izuka, I believe. That guy's uh, fantastic. Always putting in a great uh, voice acting, uh, voice acting performance every time, man. And uh, he 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 doesn't do a lot, but when he's around, he always leaves an impression. I, I I like his character quite a bit. What are your thoughts on him? I think he's cool. Uh, I would not like to fight him in, in judo class. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Yahtzee says that not Bellry is mm. Soul Bros man. Oh, please stop. <laughs> low, low rent Bellry is, is what he referred to him as. I know who your man is. Yeah. Well, I, well, I, I like to think it's Chuck, but um, you guys are going to tell no, me otherwise. Chuck's, Chuck's too cool. Oh, Jesus. Chuck's too cool to be one of your men. Oh. It's uh, Weasley Nun's guy. Weasley, oh, that dick that just showed up? Yes. That's your man. <laughs> but villains aren't usually my man, though. You, usually it's like characters that don't matter. Like, uh, my man was. Ostensibly, re- he's supposed to be a good guy because he's nuns, but he's a weaselly jerk and cowardly and whatever. So he get, he's, your, he's your man for now. Come on, man. I, don't give me space, Tom Hiddleston, bro. Don't do this. <laughs> That's what you get. No. No, this is not the night. This is not the night manager, y'all. <laughs> Horrible, man. I, I, I have to contest that, man. Uh, shout outs to uh, Robert in the chat and also uh, on Twitter. He hits up with this uh, tweet here. He says, Chris, SBR, uh, how much of the culture does Delta have? What is its, what is its range? Uh <laughs> It has the most culture. It has the most. 
the culture man I've, there's been a lot of people using it as explanation exclamation i know that uh it's fun to hear that when um when uh when freya says it in the show she uh she says it quite a bit so it's it's funny to see that that term still being used it's it's a zentradi term most of the time but um it's it's pretty fun to, to hear other people say it now like it's slang so that's pretty pretty nice but um let's see here the music man we got to get into that because that's always been one of the core elements of macross um how you feeling the music so far on the show i mean it's fine it's it's idle music the difference this time is that it's an idle group and you know short-sighted uh idiot fans who want uh dirty old men piloting <laughs> rundown robots can't seem to get past 1982 and can't understand that things change and that every Macross series represents the popular music of the time in which it was produced. Yeah. You know, if you look at uh, the original, they had an idol singer and they're idol singers. Um, Plus had electronic music and seven had J rock. Absolutely. We, we get to Frontier and we have uh, double idols. And now with Delta, we have an idol group, which is popular. And no surprise, we would have one after Kawamori did uh, Solbro's favorite AK-47. Oh, yes. AK-47. My favorite band. <laughs> you know, so if you're one of these types who say, um, I can't stand the music in Macross, you really should not be watching Macross. Yeah, and and that um that leads me to a question here that we got from Elliot. Shout out to EA Net dude, long time listener to the show. He says, "I've only seen Macross Plus. Is Delta a show I can understand without knowledge of prior shows?" I know one of the biggest hurdles for Macross is uh it's the fact that music always plays a big role in the show, and I know that's turned off a lot of people that I know that uh watch the first couple episodes and say, "Yeah, I can't imagine music being used as a weapon, so I'm out." But uh. <laughs> But transforming airplanes are okay. Yeah, transforming airplanes are okay. Um, and to and me, transforming ships that punch things are okay. I would always tell people that Macross is not going to be the super gritty war show that you're looking for. It's not going to be a Votoms. Votoms is incredible. But uh, for uh, getting into Macross Plus uh, or getting into Delta, I think it's pretty accessible. For people who uh, haven't seen the other Macross series, you don't have you don't have to have prior knowledge. It kind of starts you off at a pretty fresh point uh, with the characters, and I've been enjoying the hell out of it. But I, I've loved Macross since the first series. So, uh, and here's the thing about mm-hmm. Macross for people who who wanted to be all grim and gritty and darkness and and whatever. Oh yeah, Macross has never been that. Let's go back to the original series mm-hmm. that had uh, the knife fight. Cross dressings and trotty spies, <laughs> giant space tuna, mm-hmm. uh, Valkyrie disguised in a Zentradi uniform. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, guys. Let's, yeah. let's not fool ourselves into thinking that uh, that Macross is something by, say, like Ryosuke Takahashi. It's not. Yeah, the series has been... Uh, Never has been. <laughs> series has been whimsical since the beginning. Um, the most whimsical would be Macross 7. I would definitely say get your get some other Macross series under your belt before you get into that one. But uh, for Macross Delta, I think it's fine for people just starting out, just like Frontier was. Frontier's a fine series to get into first off, and I think Delta... Delta's honestly made for a new generation, just like Chris mentioned. So uh, I would say 
that it's uh, pretty good to get into. And um, you don't have to have prior knowledge of previous series to get into it, to be honest with you, on that one. Yeah. I would also say, though, that Delta, the first episode, um, it's a little rough in spots because there's just too much going on and too many characters all being introduced. Yeah. And I, I think they could have gone that episode without having to introduce every single person in the show. <laughs> they did they, they introduce a lot of characters in those first couple episodes. <laughs> I mean, it, they, they do course correct. Yeah. And they ease off on that a little bit with the second episode onward. But for a debut episode, trying to capture new viewers, it can be a little much. Mm-hmm. to have so much going on exactly it, it but it, it manages i think it manages the, the ferret um better than some series that throw a lot of characters oh, it's, with you. it's fine but it could have still done a little bit better job yeah well i know that um since we're on the subject of music um yazi asks in the twitter chat let's get this up um he asks uh your favorite Wal- uh, Valkyrie girl and song. Konami is my favorite and the the Valkyrie attack song. Um, my favorite song actually is, uh, you guys already know it if you watched my commentary. It's uh, Rune, Rune Sparkles in September. Well, I'm sorry, Rune Sparkles. But my, my favorite rendition is Rune Sparkles in September, which is uh, a blend of... Uh, that song plus another song that I've loved ever since I've uh, heard it as a child, which is September from Earth, Wind, and Fire. That song sounds like September from Earth, Wind, and Fire with a few variations in its, uh, in its uh, what is it, uh, arrangement. But when someone went and they mashed it together with that song, it's like, this goes together way too well. <laughs> it's now become an internet meme. But um, I still I still find that song pretty catchy. It's the end theme of the show for those who have been watching, um, at least in the early episodes. Did they change the end theme uh, in episode 15 onward? Uh, 14. 14? So they've, yes. they've changed it. So uh, goodbye, Rune Sparkles. But uh, yeah, that's my favorite song. As for my favorite uh, Valkyrie Girl, I'd probably say Konami. I actually like Konami quite a bit. Um, I do have some questions about... Um, the lead singer, her name, what's her name? Uh, Mikumo. Mikumo, yeah. Um, I got a theory about her, actually. Crazy. Do I, do, I, do I get to name my oh, yes, yes. before oh, let, you launch into your let me, let me, theories? Let me, let me roll back. You have the floor, sir. So I'm going to go with uh, Kaname as well for favorite girl. Mm-hmm. And for favorite song, probably a tie between Forbidden Borderline and Giraffe Blues. Oh, nice. Nice, but that, that, those are both pretty good. I've listened to the first album uh, that they've released a couple times now, and I I found all the music to pretty catchy. But those are pretty good picks. I like the opening theme too. It's one of the better Macross opening themes that have, that has come out, um, uh, probably in the top three, to be honest for me. That and uh, of course the original. So, oh, you're being prompted to uh, give your crackpot theories. Oh now, lord, so he's. <laughs> Right. Lay it on us. All right. Well, Makumo, um, she spends a lot of time underwater. I don't know how you can do that without breathing. Now, I don't think that she is human, but I also don't think she, she's of any kind of natural birth. I, I think she's artificial in some way, shape, or form, or some kind of engineered being that got put into Valkyrie um, in order to be kind of a, a secret weapon for the group. 
Um, I, 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 I like her character, but she's mysterious for a reason. And um, I don't know if they've revealed any new details about her in episode 14 or 15. Have they yet? Yeah, some stuff, uh, but kind of along the same lines that you've seen already, that she keeps having these weird dreams and flashes regarding the protoculture, and mm-hmm. people assume that she's somehow some kind of protoculture person, but she could be some kind of android body with somebody's personality, like, you know, the way that Grace would keep changing bodies in Frontier. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about Grace. Oh my god, yo, Grace was like the, the major. Oh my god, yeah, there, there you go. We got, uh, could she be a Grace? We don't know. <laughs> well, uh, Mesquite Valentine says, Mikumo is King Arthur, Fate's Day Night confirmed. Yes, yes. You you took, you stole my theory. <laughs> does that get the soul roll guarantee? It, it does not. <laughs> nice try, though. Nice try. Uh, Jason says, I think she's like Grace, maybe even from Windermere. Oh, yeah, I mean, where's she hiding her uh, rune, though, man? How come it's not uh, flexing, man? These people, uh, they get aroused pretty easily. <laughs> you know, your head is not the only place in your body where you have hair. There you go. There you go. That is Oh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it took you a minute. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, mysteries hopefully will be solved. <laughs> Oh, she doesn't wear too tight clothing because uh, she may give away herself. She may just give herself away. But uh, you, you just had that Star Trek Six moment. I, uh, I did. <laughs> her, uh, kicks that alien in the shins and, and doesn't understand what Iman is saying. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You nailed. You you nailed it, sir. You nailed it. Um, Another tweet we got here is from Austin. Shout outs to Austin on Twitter at not sure. He says, What is your guy what is what is your favorite Macross musical act? Um, period. Mine's Sharon Apple just because of the Yoko Kano music. I find it funny that when they were running down all the different musical acts through the different Macross series in Delta, Sharon Apple got left off the table, probably because of her homicidal side, but <laughs> You know, what's a little bit of uh, genocide between <laughs> music fans? You know that Skynet thing? Well, we'll sweep it under the rug. <laughs> My favorite musical act, though, in Macross, though, is straight up Min-Mei. Uh, I, I don't think she can be beat. Uh, she's she's definitely revered for a reason. Um, I did like, uh, what was the name of uh, Bossera's band? It was a firebomber, firebomber, which gets referenced in the funeral, which is really cool. The, the kids start playing an acoustic version of uh, what was that? Uh, 16? Remember sixteen. Remember sixteen? Yeah, that was a nice nod. I enjoyed that quite a bit. But uh, yeah, that's that's my answer right there. Who's your favorite uh, musical act on all the Macross so far? Uh, I'm gonna have to probably go with with Sharon Apple just because all of the associated Yoko Kano music. I was just listening to the Plus soundtrack today at work mm-hmm. and. It's just really good stuff and very different from everything else. Not bad. I mean, Fire Bomber being a very close second. Yeah, she's she, uh, Sharon Apple is the black sheep <laughs> of Macross singers. But she I mean, ha- just because you know, if you got if you're gonna judge every artist on you know their values, you know, you're not gonna listen to anybody. So mm-hmm. you know, who cares if she just happened to be a killer homicidal AI? Yeah, we'll just we'll just let that slide. <laughs> She provided one of the greatest set pieces in all of Macross, though the battle at the STF one on Earth. Though I thought that I was- mean, if, if 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 people can still be fans of Chris Brown, why can't you be a fan? <laughs> <of Chris Brown? laughs> 
Yo, somebody just got put on blast. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but F Chris Brown. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. But um, I've got to ask you, man. And uh, since we're on 10-4 theories, 10-4 hat theories right now, um, they keep bringing up this character named Lady M. Yes. Who in the hell is Lady M? Now, I've, I've, I've created a list of suspects that she could be. And some, of course you have. Some of these are way out of there. There's no way that it could be these characters. But I'm going to run down my suspects and then we'll rule out who is definitely not Lady M. Uh, Lady M, by the way, could be someone we've never met or we haven't considered. So I'll put that on the table first and foremost. And it may turn out to be that way. But um, the suspects I have are all characters in Macross that her, their names start with M. And I didn't realize there were so damn many until now. Um, we've got Min May, which it clearly isn't. <laughs> Mega Road confirmed for Delta, yeah! It could be Misa Hayase, which it probably isn't. <laughs> It, it could be Milogy. Never, it's never going to be anyone who set foot on the Mega Road 1. Never, <laughs> ever, 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 ever. Yo, if they can bring back Bucky and <laughs> and and uh, and Gwen Stacy, anything is possible. But I agree with you. Yeah. He's, well, that's ne- Marvel he's, Comics. Never, he's never going uh, back. Maury yeah, doesn't like going back to the past. Yeah, he he's he even though he'll he'll give a little fan service to the past, he's made it pretty clear he's not going back. He said their story's over, and if you want to know what happened to the mask god, <laughs> yo, I didn't know he said I didn't know he said it like that. That's hilarious. Um, it could be Mila uh, Mila Genius Genius. Um, although I I think that she's pretty much got her hands full with other things anyway. Uh, now into the realm of actual possibility here, uh, a dark horse that um, I want to thank uh, one of the cats who was watching my um, my commentary stream for Macross uh, Delta. Someone in the chat brought up that it could be Myung from Macross uh, Macross Plus. I don't think so because Myung really hasn't been referenced all that much since that series. But um, that's a pretty good pull. Um, and then you got the more two likely people. Um, you've got Mylene. And then you got Mal from Macross Zero, and Mal was directly referenced in Macross um, in Macross Frontier. Did, is, did she die? I totally forgot if she actually survived that show or if she was still around afterwards. Uh, she's probably dead by this point. I mean, she'd be really old. Yeah, she'd be really old. Too old to like be leading uh, a PMC and dealing with nuns. Mm-hmm. On the other hand. Mylene would only be in her 30s, yeah. so, and she obviously has experience with song energy and dealing with uh, big threats, so my money is on her, but we also have from the chat uh, Melisandre from Game of Thrones <laughs> and Judy Dench. Judy Dench, of course, of course, yo. I mean, it's obvious, Lady M, yo. so... <laughs> I'm just gonna assume Lady D- Lady uh, Dame Judy Dench until told otherwise. She, she fooled us all in Skyfall. She's alive, y'all. <laughs> Jason and says just to, to the chat. We we know that Mao survived Mac Cross Zero. Yeah, she, she's uh, yeah, yes, Yazi already old in Frontier <laughs> flashbacks, so she'd be even older by the time of Delta. Exactly. I mean, it, it could still be her, but I I would say that more likely it's Mylene. And anybody, that's where my money's at is on my lane, which would be a really cool cameo, probably towards the end of the series. Uh, it would remind me a little bit of uh, the reveal of uh, of what's her name, um, 
Ahsoka Tano in uh, at the end of season one of Rebels if she's actually uh, their contact uh, in uh, Macross uh, Delta if Mylene is their contact and someone from a previous series showing up after a long hiatus of not seeing them so I'd be really excited if it was Mylene I wouldn't mind it being someone mysterious but uh, we'll see um, Phantom Killer says Ming from Xenogears there you go you nailed it she is Lady Yon <laughs> If only, my friend. If only. But uh, I guess we're both thinking the same thing when it comes to her, though. Um, like my my thinking is, mm-hmm. if it was just supposed to be someone who's not important and a secret, why would they have this ridiculously stupid code name of Lady M? Yeah, they they they're kind of alluding to someone that we should know. And if we don't, if you don't know who she is, then you probably haven't seen uh, Macross Seven, but. Uh, if it turns out to be Mylene, that'll be a, a sensible reveal. It's, it's going to be someone that we know. It's going to be someone that we know. I'm pretty sure and, about it. And we do know from the Macross history that Fire Armor broke up. Oh, so that's right. They they did come back and do that reunion album, Refire, in 2059. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, eight years later, she could be literally anywhere doing anything. <laughs> Yo, shout outs to uh, Enron over on Twitter. He says, Lady M is a uh, Miho Miho. <laughs> wow. That's quite a pull. Let's hope not. That's a deep cut, my friend. <laughs> Yo, props to Ed Rod. Thank you for that one. I appreciate it. Man. Um, yeah, Lady M, I'm pretty sure we'll get that mystery solved somewhere towards the end of the show. Or maybe they'll just say F it and not solve that mystery at all. <laughs> hey, if you can randomly... Th- give uh isamu a cameo in the frontier movies why couldn't it be mylene yeah exactly i i agree with that um if if he could show up out of the blue then uh she she, he sure can if 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 isamu can have a cameo in super robot wars during that uh that attack that jeffrey does with the macross frontier then uh anything is possible (laughs) there you go but um um, I, I guess we should talk about the uh, the last couple episodes, man, um, and where we pretty much end up. Um, the battle on uh, Enron, and before that, uh, not Enron, but Ragna. Enron. Um, yo, yo, the battle <laughs> on Enron. Yo, back to the nineties when corporates <laughs> corrupt corporations. <laughs> the, the battle for stock manipulation. <laughs> exactly. Um, the battle on Ragna, and uh, of course they lose that battle. And they have to start their exodus. The um, the the fights were fantastic, man. I've got to say that uh, even leading up to it, when they launch the Macross, uh, was it Elysian? Um, yes. When they launched that thing, finally, it was well worth the wait, man. I I I I I, I got wood. <laughs> I could have been happy not knowing that. Oh my God! Well, you're welcome. But yeah, um, but when uh, they, I guess uh. Ernest, when he was talking about the fact that he helped to train the Windermerians back in the day before they went ahead and became all militant. Um, and he said, and the Windermerians were talking about how predictable Ernest was. And they had kind of that captain versus captain situation between Ernest and the uh, Windermerian king. You know, I, I, I love that aspect of, uh, of those episodes where it was, it was, it was captain against captain running their, running both their sides of their, uh, their fleets and uh ernest trying to do his best he sure showed them he sure did (laughs) he pretty much lost 101 fights (laughs) instead of just 100 (laughs) but you know he 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 won he lost it with he lost it with dignity and he helped at least get a lot of people off ragna well i meant i meant like the lucky shot of his 
that uh, disabled their uh, singing thingamajiggy. Oh yeah, when when uh, when, it, when the um, Elysian when crash landed in the water, their, uh, their fold. Yeah, that was pretty slick. <laughs> that was a badass Lucky, scene. But slick. Mm-hmm. Lucky but slick. Yeah, absolutely. I love the fact that when they were they were. Uh, they had crash landed in the water, and the momentum was so strong with the ship they couldn't pull up. But then yeah. they came out of the water, and then they had that gangster ass shot, <laughs> where where the Elysian standing there bracing itself, embracing its uh its its ship cannon. It's like wow, that's that's just a that's nice direction, and uh, I loved how that whole scene was orchestrated. But um the the battles between um I guess uh this was finally a real battle that um. My man uh, Hayate got to engage in alongside, of course, his uh, his his uh, his flight crew, uh, especially with uh, Mirage. She had to run the um, she had to be second in command this time. So she accepted her um, her new role in the team as uh, as as uh, I guess the second in command to uh, what's his name? Uh, Arid. And uh, she had to start running things. But uh Hayate also had a, a moment where he lost his Valkyrie and had to get into um, uh, Messer's Valkyrie. The uh, what's it? The uh, the Death Death the Reaper, Grim Reaper, the Grim Reaper. Yeah, and that was a pretty poignant scene, man. I love the design of that 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 Valkyrie, by the way. Speaking of the designs of the Valkyrie, man, how how did you feel that they uh how they look in this series? Are they holding up? I know a lot of uh, Macross purists feel. Uh, uh, bothered by the forward swept wings but mm-hmm. it doesn't bother me they still look cool and modern and for those purists you have uh the a model of the 31 which uh, has the regular wings mm-hmm. and if you like your cannon fodder oh hey look it's it's the old nightmare plus still chugging along after like 20 something years it's still there man <laughs> still there getting blown up just as much as before damn <laughs> It's now piloted by jobbers. <laughs> Which, you know, do, do you remember the, the explanation for why uh, the Nightmare Plus was the grunt suit in Frontier? Why was it? Uh, I don't recall. Um, it, probably because it lost. It, it, it wasn't the, uh, the Valkyrie that, that beat the SDF-1. That's probably why. Now, if you remember from uh, Plus, mm-hmm. YF-19 eventually won the contract and was starting to be rolled out yeah. five years later mm-hmm. in Macross 7. That's right. So the main mass-produced fighter was supposed to be the VF-19. Mm-hmm. But, and I guess uh, an example of the rule of cool, Kawamori thought that the VF-19 as a grunt unit still looked too much like a hero unit compared to the VF-25. Ah, that makes sense. You kind of don't want to waste the specialness of the YF-19 by, by, by making it uh, at the, the, the grunt suit. <laughs> so that's where the VF-171 comes from. And seeing how much it gets jobbed in Frontier yeah. and Delta, I'm kind of glad that's the one getting jobbed and not the 19 because that'd be kind of sad to see such a cool looking plane <laughs> getting its ass handed to it literally every second that it appears exactly man i i i applaud that decision then <laughs> the 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 nightmare plus getting jobbed mm-hmm. basically has become the new um thunderbolt exploding and cockpit 
uh, going into the loving embrace of the Varuda. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Yazi says, uh, um, I bet these Macross... Uh, so he said, yeah, I bet these Macross purists really hated the YF-19 class too. And Seafull says, uh, people are tired of them. At least that's what I gather from Macross world. Man. <laughs> well, there you go. It's the, the popular opinion strikes. <laughs> But um, it was also cool to see the uh, the runback uh, Valkyries, the 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 VF one, uh, was it the VF uh, not the VF one J, but just the VF one, right? VF one EX, and of course, classic red and blue color schemes. Yes, nudge nudge, wink wink. Oh my gosh, uh, hit me with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was cool to see those were the uh, those are the the test Valkyries that they would use during maneuvers and whatnot. But yeah, those uh the set pieces I, I got to say, especially the way they incorporate the three uh the CG uh for the for the set pieces for the Valkyries, I think it's improved quite a bit from uh from Frontier. Um, they they're they're kind of getting into the Macross Zero kind of realism the way it looks, but also still has a little bit of the the cell shadiness of uh Frontier still left in it too. It's like kind of a nice blend. It, it does look good. I do have to gripe, though, about a uh, very severe lack of battle-class ships. Oh, wow. Because we keep seeing these nuns' fleet getting toasted because they're made up entirely of jobber ships. Yeah. <laughs> like, would it? Where? Wh- why are there no battle-class ships anywhere near these colonized worlds to defend them? I don't understand. Why is there just the Elysian? It looks like uh, you and Spacey's just too busy to be even concerned about this quarter of the universe, which just well, drives the, me nuts. It's kind of the same way it was in Macross Seven, and even though they they put a new in front of their name, it's mm-hmm. you know, you know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. They yeah. don't care about anything <laughs> outside of Earth. Deal with it on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's uh, um, I guess the UN Spacey uh, war machine has gotten a little too uh, too big for its bridges britches at this point um because we they were they they've made remarks to you and spacey in the show so far as being kind of like a corrupt uh, a corrupt uh organization but i guess it has been for a while it's not the well you know what um they made a point to me in the chat when i was doing uh the commentary and they said that you and spacey's kind of always sucked uh, especially they the, have i mean look, yeah. go, look back to the original series when global and misa kept trying to argue to the upper brass like you guys yep compare your shit that was the it's like nah nah we got this we got this you just go be distractions and oh yeah the grand cannons are gonna fix everything well how'd that work out for you you know that was the example they brought up too it was like yeah they've been making dumb mistakes since since the zentradi invasion (laughs) or look at all the stuff they did in plus like oh yeah let's you know let's let's have uh ai drones and fighters that can't possibly go wrong let's be cheap and get rid of pilots oh let's well how'd that work out for you you know, or in seven, like oh, you know, uh, proto Devlin monsters threatening all reality. Eh, you guys go take care of it, and we don't particularly care if you die. Mm-hmm. It, it seemed a little callous at this point. Do, doesn't bother us that we lost Macross five and may lose Macross seven. You go deal with that in your little corner of the universe. Yeah, We're just gonna chill on Earth. The uh, the United Federation of Planets, they're not. <laughs> no, more more akin uh, to the Federation. Us. <laughs> to the Earth Federation yes. from Gundam, particularly like the like the Double Zeta era. Yeah, exactly. 
it's just too big for just don't give a crap. Too big for their own good at this point. So, uh, and that, that's I guess the core reason why we haven't had a focus on on them. Although it's nice to see them from time to time. They're just kind of like just uh, bureaucrats that don't do much, <laughs> which is unfortunate. But um, yeah, I, I got to say that I, it, episode thirteen left me on a nice cliffhanger for the uh, series so far, and I, I'm excited to see exactly where the Exodus is going to take them now that they had to escape uh, Ragna, I, where they're going to go. Because um, that's the cool thing about the show. It kind of puts you in a stationary position, and you're jumping the different planets, so you get to see different landscapes, while the other Macross series have a lot of been, have, have been a lot of travel logs from, from, you know, in order to find a planet, in order to um, to colonize this one, you're in an area of the of the galaxy that's already been colonized, and meeting all these different races. The planet with the cat people tripped me out. <laughs> Although now we're traveling with a broke ass city ship mm-hmm. that uh, is just the scale down recycle of frontier. Yeah, and and it's been settled on on the planet for so long. There's got to be problems. As well, apparently they, they they're quite shitty with their maintenance, as you'll discover in the, the next few episodes. Well, that's not gonna work out with so people. Some, get... Somebody uh, somebody was not on the ball there. Oh my god, people getting sucked out into space. <laughs> you'll see. Not a good scene. Not not a good deal. Not a good deal. But yeah, uh, it was. I'm glad to see that uh, Kawamori has uh, brought it back to kind of a a planetary type setting. Kind of like what he did for a little bit in Macross, uh, Macross Plus, where he put it on an alien planet. Um, you've kind of got the same thing here, and you, you're getting accustomed to all these different races. And um, I'll, I'm loving it so far, man. I, I like. Uh, I'm going to miss Ragna. Hopefully, they'll be able to go back and win it back, but we'll see. But uh, I haven't seen any later episodes, so I don't quite know. But um, any other thoughts you wanted to bring up about Macross Frontier at all? Frontier? Delta. See, I did it. I freaking did it. I knew I was going to do it. <laughs> Not cool. Yo, Dan Mason says Macross DS9. Yo, Daniel, I see you. Macross DS9. That's that's what we'll call Delta from now on. Yo, where's Cisco at, though? Oh, wait a minute. Cisco is my man, Ernest MF and Johnson. <laughs> well, the, the only thing I can say is mm-hmm. um, I don't know if Delta will address this probably not because it's focused on this one cluster of space but it'd be nice if at some point in the franchise some series addressed like why is earth the way it is what's the situation on earth and why is it run by assholes yeah that's that's the anime question to be honest (laughs) it'd be interesting to see after all because the whole point of you know having the massive orbital defense fleet and the emigration fleets is to avoid a repeat of what the Zentradi did. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see the prime universe rendition of something like Macross 2, where after all these decades of peace, that Earth faces another existential threat. And, and how would it respond? I would tend to think probably not well. Yeah, not well. I, I think Stuns is probably like, yeah, whatever. They'd be caught off guard, and I don't think, I think their best talent already left the planet when it comes to <laughs> defending the, uh, defending uh, being able to defend against an alien invasion of some sort it wouldn't surprise me if later on in the series that earth later on in a macro series earth completely gets obliterated destroyed or uh abandoned depending on uh just how poorly it's been run who knows uh maybe maybe uh nuns is just being stingy and they have like 20 macrosses on earth and that's where everything is (laughs) and they're just there to defend earth and it's like screw everybody else exactly Keeping the trump cards for themselves, bastards. (laughs) 
But um, I we didn't really get into uh, uh, I guess uh, Val- Valkyrie and uh, the actual musical group and their importance in the show. I remember hearing some things about uh, at the beginning of the, uh, the, the when the series first started how um, how people just hated them uh, and didn't like how they uh, how they were shoehorned into the show and they don't seem to fit and all that. But musical group shoehorned into show <laughs> in a franchise that places a heavy. Focus on music, particularly female singers. Yes, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, since it's always been established. Now, granted, this is the first one with a uh, kind of a modern day uh, musical um, girl girl group, but you know, it it does reflect the times that Chris said. And to me, I think they blended into the show uh, pretty nicely. And the purpose they serve, which is to defend people, they're more of a defensive uh, group than it is an offensive group. You know, it makes it's- sense to me. Pretty much the same as uh, pretty much the same as um, Soundforce or Jamming Birds, you know, singing mm-hmm. and def- trying to defend the population. So it's all stuff that we've seen before, just in a slightly different way, with music that um, people don't like because it's modern. But you know, at some point, everything that was in old Macross was modern itself. Yeah, exactly. And the show. So if if you think that like '80s pop is some masterpiece, but modern pop is uh garbage mm-hmm. you may just be an elitist yeah, or you may be just getting old like the rest of us when you get old the music you came up with is the music that you um enjoy more than maybe some of the new stuff that come out so when the newer generation is enjoying their music i've been hateful on new music too don't 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 oh. think that you're alone i, I i've hated on some <laughs> on some new shit that uh that that Furky song milfs that song can go right in the toilet <laughs> yeah, but there's there's always been bad music all the time it, yeah. it all goes back to to grandpa simpson exactly what is this <laughs> do, do, do you know the quote i'm talking about what, what quote is that when he says you know i used to be down with it but mm-hmm. then they changed what it was and now everything is scary and confusing it'll happen to you too yeah it will he's not lying <laughs> it certainly will it is a uh, it, it's it's a it's a symptom of getting old, man, and we all have to uh, deal with it. But um, as for the type of music in this, I, I've not gone out of my way to seek uh, girl girl groups like you know Morning Musume or, or AKB48 or whatnot. But I like the sound of uh, Valkyrie. Well, so I really far. like AK47. AK47. That's my that's my group right there, son. They you know, aside aside from the fact that it's a group of singers like. The music doesn't particularly sound any different to me, mm-hmm. different to me than the kind of pop that was in Frontier. Yeah, it, it's, it's especially since you had a lot of songs in Frontier that were duets between Cheryl and Ronka. Yeah, we're not that far removed from that time period, so it's going to sound so quite similar. And I think the music and the arrangement so far has been fantastic, and the way it's implemented in the show, I see that Valkyrie as a group has more of a role in the way that they're uh, that that they defend and protect than say how Firebomber was utilized in uh macross 7 or as you mentioned uh the other group in macross 7 the uh was it the, the jamming birds how, yeah. how they were used those guys were lamos <laughs> they were <laughs> because they were they were the uh un spacey equivalent of a band recruited by a record company exactly um Seafull says, no lie, I'm only caring about Delta for the Valkyries. I don't like the idol trend and don't much care for the Macross universe post-Zero, honestly. Wow, dang. Well, dang. then uh, don't 
Uh, don't watch. Uh, don't watch Macross. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for- if you're watching for the Valkyries, I can't blame you. But man, I, I am digging. I, I dig the camp, man. I dig it, and I, I, I find it to be uh, a lot of fun. And it's to me, it's a heart of the show, especially since um, Freya is part of the group, and you get to see how she's developing as being part of that group. I think is is a pretty good way of uh, putting her character to the test. I, I like that aspect of the story so far. I'm sorry, but just uh, no no offense, but that argument makes no sense to me. I just can't understand why anyone would watch a series, a franchise, mm-hmm. if they're not into a core element that's been around since the beginning. Yeah, it, the music has been a character in Macross since 1982, guys. It ain't changing. <laughs> it's like constantly eating chili fries and saying you don't like chili. Then why are you, why are you eating chili fries? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm forcing myself to eat the chili on the fries. I hate myself. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, in, in this example, there's no way to take the chili off the fries and have the fries unless the fries are just other mecha shows. So if you don't want chili fries, go watch another mecha show. There you go. That go. makes any sense. Yo, uh, Flamex says that's why he stopped listening to the radio years ago. <laughs> Me too, Flamex. F, F the radio. <laughs> it sucks. But except if it's satellite radio, then it's amazing. But uh, yeah, um, uh, the way they implement the music in the show is fantastic. And um, I, I think Valkyrie, all the girls have different uh, significant um, uh, identities. I, you know, None of them seem to be cookie cutter at all, whether it be uh, Reyna. Raina's the, uh, I believe, the green-haired girl, the one that uh, has the the tech prowess, right? Right. Yes. And then Ma- Makina is Makina is the uh, the busty uh, mechanic, and uh, she's uh, she's real funny. Um, but and they've alluded that those two might have a bit of a relationship, but that's that could be slash fiction, I guess, in a sense. Um, we, uh, for the internet is uh, uh trying to trying to ship them together, I guess, but maybe they actually have a relationship, which would be really cool if they. Um, reveal that later on. Have they kind of uh, alluded to that further in the episodes you've seen? Uh, I'm sorry, you lost me. I was looking at something. No, Reyna and uh, Machina. No, there's never been anything beyond the, oh, the two of them live together. Very early on. Oh my goodness, man. They're they're making house, (laughs) y'all. It's okay. Um, Yeah, man, any other thoughts before we, uh, we, we, we wrap this up? Let's see what the chat says real quick. We do have a couple tweets here. Uh, let's see. Flamex says, uh, maybe it's too early. Let me pull this up here. Maybe it's too early to ask, but does it matter which Macross Frontier version, as in TV or movie, takes place before Delta? Man. I think it makes zero difference. Yeah, I, I honestly think... They haven't referenced Frontier in Delta and nothing that they're talking about so far seems to have any connection with delta other than uh you know mentioning things like fold quartz yeah i would i would say that um i would say that the tv show is probably canon and the movies are just an alternate version uh, i would say uh until they say otherwise it's usually how it works um unless it's like the gundam the gundam uh original mobile suit gundam trilogy where that those movies are canon well, you never know with kamamori he doesn't really care about canon oh yeah <laughs> Well, he's got a universe, though. I figured he would care about canon for at least Macross, but I guess he doesn't. He doesn't care for real, huh? Don't did Did you watch Zero? <laughs> <laughs> you raise a point. Holy shit, man! Yo, Phantom Killer says, "Is Machina Lady M?" 
man, uh, I didn't think about that, but I, I, I don't. That think would that. really. Mm-hmm. Unless it's supposed to be like some weird, like double blind kind of thing where she's Lady M, but then secretly pretending to just be the ditzy, busty Valkyrie fangirl. That'd be kind of weird. Mm-hmm. That would be very strange. Uh, Mal asks on Twitter, he asked, uh, will Kawamori ever create a macro show more accessible to a wider audience? I uh, like plus, or does he not care at this point? I don't think he gives a damn anymore. <laughs> well, given that, uh, Wakure CDs mm-hmm. and, uh, individual songs are at the top of the charts on iTunes in Japan and Amazon and their appearances are sold out and have huge crowds. I would say that he has done that with Delta, and I would also say that the question is inherently Western biased. Well, they <laughs> and yeah, that's true. shows are not these shows are not made for us. That so to true. say that you know it needs to be more appealing, like Macross Plus, that's that's not the point of these shows. They're made for a domestic audience first and foremost, and that audience, as we've seen so far with the sales of CDs and concerts and everything, that audience is eating it up. So Delta is that series. It's just not for Westerners. Yeah, I would definitely say Macross Plus is the most accessible for Westerners. If you've never seen a Macross series and you wanted to watch something that was Macross or suggest something about Macross um, that would be quick and easy to get into, Plus would be definitely a great place to start for any, any Westerner that has never been exposed to a Macross series. Hopefully it's the drug that gets you into the rest of it. But yeah, um, Kawamori not caring. I, I I guess he does care, but he's he's appealing to the tastes of what's uh what the Japanese populace is. Uh, well, look look at it this way. Mm-hmm. Given the uniquely screwed situation that Macross is in, mm-hmm. even if he cared about appealing to Western fans, what could he possibly do about? It? What would be the point? Yeah, he can't, he has nothing can't. to gain from that. There's <laughs> there's no possibility for anything Macross to be sold in America or streamed. Or whatever. So, what would be the point of trying to appeal to Westerners? Yeah. Thanks to Harmony Gold, there would be uh, there, there wouldn't be much to, to gain from that at all. But uh, Mal, thank you for that tweet. Flamex also prior and everybody else has been submitting tweets. I want to give a shout out to Yup who uh, tweeted here uh, earlier from a remark about uh, about uh, South Burning. He says, uh, "Burning lives." Hashtag crushed hopes and dreams. <laughs> The uh, the 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 movie made it so he's still alive. He was just chilling. <laughs> yeah, just chilling off screen. He was. My, I guess my last thing I want to bring up before we close this out, and this is again, yet again another tin foil uh, theory of mine. It's not actually not a theory. Oh, it's a boy. it's a question I would like to pose. Um, the subject of no. <laughs> Whatever it is, no, no. Well, you probably will say no, and logic will prevail in this no. Because I don't think it's true either, but they have alluded, Arad has alluded to um, of Hayate's father. And yes. uh, p- some people are speculating that he could possibly be uh, the son of someone that we were previously introduced to, Alto. I don't... That is completely false yeah. as of episode 15, so oh. uh, I will reiterate, no. Okay, cool. Then, yeah, because the, the math would be kind of fuzzy on that. since it The takes, math would just not work. No, it wouldn't, because it's like eight years after Macross Frontier. It's only eight years after Frontier, yeah. so... Some people said some fold magic might have been involved with that, but okay. it's like, that's a stretch. <laughs> that, that is getting into Suzaku did it territory. Yes. Uh, 
people are just so dumb and have to come up with these completely insane, senseless theories mm-hmm. just to try to. It, it's that to me is on the same level of stupid as the bajillion um, Snoke theories. Oh, your Snoke. Sorry. But you don't you know that Ezra is Snoke, bro? <laughs> no, man, it's Chopper. Yo, Chopper! Oh my Chopper God! Snoke. I knew that son of a bitch was Snoke. <laughs> Yo, f that droid for real. <laughs> but you know, just on a general mm-hmm. level, I, I entreat to fans of all varieties. Can't people ever just be people? Why does everybody have to be related to somebody special or mm-hmm. some big person or have some secret? It's like, why can't someone just be somebody? Hey, man, we all know that Ray is is uh, is is Han Solo's daughter. <laughs> That's yet yet again another another ten four theory out there, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I I I didn't give much credence to the whole thing about him being Alto's uh. Alto's uh, son. Um, he had the full. Cord. Nor should anyone, because yeah. that just literally makes no sense whatsoever. That that uh, that could happen because there's only eight years between the two shows. Yeah, <laughs> and Hayate is way older than eight years old. I, I I entertained it for a second because it's like if they if they show that th- he is his son, they're gonna have to write themselves out of a corner on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and that is where you made your mistake because you should not have entertained that for even a nanosecond. Oh Jesus. <laughs> But you're 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 soul bro. You're you're the 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 bleeding heart of crackpot theory. So I, I guess just can't help it. I like to speculate, man. I'm sorry. It's a drug. I apologize. I just I like to talk shit and uh, speculate no, you, nonsense. You just can't help it. Like when you speculate about uh, cer- certain mythological legends mm-hmm. coming back to the fore. Yo, man, it's been it's been a it's been a uh, it's been a feature of Gundam since the beginning. <laughs> Even longer than I've been around. Tradition. <laughs> Even if it's bad tradition. Jesus. <laughs> I try. Yo, Royston says, everything is connected. Yes. <laughs> These conspiracies will continue, man. I'm Robert Stack on Unsolved Mysteries. We roll in date. <laughs> but that's what's up. Yo, Flame X says, poor soul, bro. Thank you very much. And Yazi says, don't forget eating shit either, soul, bro. Because Lincoln died in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yo, yo, Yazi, that's a deep cut. I did say I would eat shit if Lincoln died. And thank God he did. Amen. He was a piece of shit. <laughs> but anyway, um, as for uh, I guess our um, overall rating for this half of the season so far, um, what would you give it, man? I give it a pretty solid four-ish out of five. I would give it. I would give it four nanyans out of five myself. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe four and a, four and a, and a, and a, and a point point one. Uh, oh, Mercats, man. Uh, served up Mercats. <laughs> it's all about Mercats. I'm so glad they got off of uh, Ragna because we won't see any more Mercats, but I think we will. That's what you think. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Those you, know, you, you, you say stuff uh-huh. when there's more episodes out that you haven't seen. Why do you do that? I'm just going to have to eat shit. <laughs> I think the chat will back me up on this. Yeah. I guess we're gonna see more Mercats soon enough. Damn. You know, if you want, if you are caught up on a show mm-hmm. and you want to say stuff during the week in between episodes, that's yes. cool. But why do you say that when you know you're two episodes behind? Well, insert foot into mouth. I'm sorry. 
minutes. I didn't actually only thought it was going to be one episode behind. I didn't realize it was only on 15 until we started talking about it. It's like, yeah, we're up to 15 already? Jeez. Man, well, let, me, let, me, uh, let me get up on it, man. I'll get, I will get caught up soon enough. And uh, we'll be reviewing Macross uh, Delta again in the near future. We'll probably be doing a, um, a, a, a final review of the show, the second half, once we get to the end. The series is what, 26 episodes? Roughly. It's uh, going to be nine volumes in Japan, mm-hmm. which always means about 25 or 26. Nice. That's not bad. That's not bad. If that's the case, that's a nice, healthy run for a series. I think 26 is about the perfect number for uh, an anime series, to be honest with you. If it runs past 26, it kind of runs the chance of um, digging a hole for itself. So, um, Yeah, like Gundam Age. Like Gundam Age, yes. Unless they take a break and come back with the second season, like uh, Iron-Blooded Orphans is doing. It allows them to recharge the batteries and come up with a, a, new, a new story arc to go on. I'm okay with that. But if, uh, if you're going to do a one and done, make it 26. I think that's cool. But sometimes even 26 doesn't work, like when it's G-Reco. So, oh, you know. yeah. That, that, that was bad. <laughs> that was real bad. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Mosquito Valentine. He says, Murcat is the true villain. Confirmed. Thank you. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I'll, I'll take that to my grave. F that beast. <laughs> he's no Pokemon. He's not, he's not a Pokemon Go. Otherwise, I would definitely just leave him to get destroyed at a gym. <laughs> Man, so much hate. Yes, yes. Plenty of it. But um, that's it for our review of Macross Delta for the time being. Episodes 1 through 13. Hope you guys enjoyed that as well as this episode of Gundam at MHQ. Episode 177. Uh, before we close this out, uh, Chris, any, uh, any, anything to uh, rant about? Any, um, any um, was it uh, Straight Talk Express? Anything like that, sir? I think I've spent it all already. Oh my god, all the gas is wasted? No! <laughs> well, you know, the certain um, orange person stole the bus, so it's not going anywhere. Oh Jesus, yeah, that's true. That piece of shit. But um, I wonder who we could be talking about. Freaking terrible. But uh, <laughs> um, since there is no Straight Talk Express, I'd like to remind you guys to make sure to check out uh, these websites, you know, mahq.net, the Mecha Anime Headquarters, where the magic happens, megatalk.net, uh, where you can find the official forms of uh, MAHQ. Sign up there, join the conversation. Join us on Facebook.com slash group slash MAHQ1. That's the official MAHQ group for um, uh, on Facebook. And also check out the Chaos Theater podcast uh, at chaostheater.blogspot.com. And uh, follow us on uh, which, of course, Chris is the co-host of, along with Pedro. They talk about things outside the world of mecha anime with uh, uh, great genre genre fiction uh, on television, uh, comic books, video games, uh, all sorts of other different uh, mediums. Check that show out. You can find it on iTunes. Just search for Chaos Theater, MHQ, or just Chaos Theater. MHQ.net, Gundam at MHQ, and CTCast on Twitter. Make sure to follow us on those different avenues and visit us at gundam.net that's the official uh website for the gundam and mhq podcast and you can download episodes from there or find us on itunes just search for gundam and uh outside of that um i know that uh coming up uh our, our friends at shin station europe they've got a stream coming up for broken blade uh you guys can check that out over at uh shin station eu uh, over on tinyurl.com slash shinstationeu. Um, if you guys never been there before, go there and check out the commentary from Saber and uh, Sixer Mason. They're going to be doing that stream on Saturday at uh, 4.30 p.m. 
Eastern Standard Time. Follow them on Twitter at ShinStationEU for all the details. They post when their actual events are going to happen. So times may vary. Just check them out on Twitter at ShinStationEU and go to tinyurlcom ShinStationEU to sub, uh, subscribe and check out the commentaries as well. But um, other than that, I, there's nothing else. Um, we're out of here, man. Uh, Gundam and episode Gundam and MHQ episode 177 live. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you saw here, hit the follow button here on the YouTube channel and check out the archive version uh, once this episode finishes streaming and over on the audio venues as well. And uh, we're out of here, man. Thanks for listening to Gundam and MHQ. We'll see you guys later. MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. To help us kind of get in the mood for Comic-Con, let's bring out Captain Kirk's arch nemesis trying his hand at stand-up comedy for the very first time. Please welcome... Comic Con. Thank you, yes. Yes, great crowd. Great to be here. I know what you're thinking. Khan has put on some weight, yes. As the old Klingon proverb goes, revenge is a dish best served cold, but so is hazelnut gelato. Yes, gelato. Here's one. How many Captain Kirks does it take to screw in a light bulb? Trick question! That horn dog will screw anywhere, but he's much too large to have sex inside of an actual light bulb. Yes. Kirk. <laughs> knock, knock! Khan! Don't call me a canoe! Do you even see any paddles? If I am a canoe, then where are my paddles? I am not a canoe. I am a genius. From hell's heart, I stab at thee. For hate's sake, I spit my last breath at thee. All right, you know, uh, Khan, uh, that, I think that's quite enough. Wait, wait, enough. wait. At least let me do my big closer. 
All right, fine, Con, do your closer. Thank you. Yeah. Why did Captain Kirk cross the road? I, I don't know, Con, why? Because his was stuck inside the chicken. Yes! That guy will screw anything. I've been Con, you've been great. All right, thank yes. you very much. Con, everybody.